everybody to the first inaugural flagship episode of Role Models. Um, I'm expecting millions of listeners. Um, <laughs> you know, just right off the bat, that's what I'm expecting. Um, we, we've already got them queued up, ready to go. They're waiting. For oh the yeah, they're, they're there. I mean, I've got people outside <laughs> my window now saying, "When's the app going to drop?" <laughs> um, but my name is John Santana, and I'm Justin Taylor. Okay. Um, do you want to? Do you want to start? Do you want to start talking about us? Yeah, you know, sure. My favorite um, subject. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely my favorite subject, talking about myself. So, um, yeah, I mean, when it comes to sort of tabletop role-playing games in general, um, started quite a long time ago now, actually, thinking about it. Um, it, it still feels like it was yesterday, um, <laughs> in all honesty. But started with a, a little bit of Pathfinder and then uh, found my way to 5e, and I've pretty much been there for the most part of my tabletop career now. Yeah. Uh, I know, obviously, John, you've, you've spent a fair bit of time playing a lot of other things. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, um, um, well, we're going to kind of go into how we started a bit further down the line. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, again, it's one of these things that, you know, I still consider myself quite new to the hobby. I still... Oh, absolutely. Um, but then I kind of look back, and it's been the better part of a decade and it was yeah it's something that i immediately took to mm. you know i i was quite reticent to start with but once i started playing that was it off to the races and then once i started gming that's it it was no no looking back <laughs> um mainly play pathfinder i'm actually a i'm actually the pathfinder venture agent for for the city that we live in um i i run a pathfinder lodge once a month um but also i've i've started really delving quite deep um into other systems such as delta green the cipher system things like that just just to get that extra experience and you know try other systems that i that i thoroughly enjoy so needless to say um this is going to be a tabletop role-playing podcast <laughs> for those of you who are listening hadn't, to us hadn't figured like, that out yet <laughs> no fucking clue maybe they're going to talk about stock markets and shit like that now no, it's i mean oh, there are a lot of podcasts doing that though there are a lot of them <laughs> yeah there are yeah i think we may be the first tabletop role-playing podcast you know i think i think I don't, I don't think i've ever heard one before in my life <laughs> an actual place yeah we yeah fuck that we <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of, of role playing, have, have you done anything, anything this week or recently or that no? You kind so of brag about and... uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I've mainly recently I've been I've been writing something. I know you you had a, a skim through it uh, recently, so I've been writing that. Um, I've kind of got to a point now where it's ready to play, um, but I am prepping a one of the five E modules at the moment. Okay. Um, for some relatively new players um, who have been playing for a little bit and they just want to try some different GM styles and that sort of thing. Oh, that's cool. Um, that's cool. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to hearing about it. I mean, we um, now have an avenue where we can yes. actually discuss these things. Yeah. Obviously, for any of my players who might be listening, you're not getting fucking spoilers. Go and fuck yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, well, mine might because um, I, I well let's be honest we both know that when i get excited about something it's very hard for me to keep it in <laughs> that is 
That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I've been witness to that. Yeah, um, yeah, you have. <laughs> so yeah, before we actually started this, I was kind of wondering what the tone was going to be, and I think within the first thirty seconds, we've established it. So, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm comfortable. This is my comfort zone. Um, <laughs> but actually, I did try a a relatively new system the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, where one of my weekly games was a bit undermanned. Mm-hmm. So um, Jason Bullman, who is the the person who kind of first created Pathfinder, um, he is like the, the, the lead, I think he's the lead game designer at Paizo now. Um, he, you know, just because it's Jason Bullman, when... I want to get Pathfinder 2nd Edition, and I want to see what I can do to it. So he has brought out, using Pathfinder 2nd Edition rules, he has brought out a zombie apocalypse game. Ooh. And it's called Hope Finder. Okay. Um, So I immediately went out and bought it and read through it, and I didn't really read very much into it because it was one of those systems that i bought as you know to keep on my digital shelf yeah in case i ever needed to pull it out and lo and behold we had a we had Finally a had the opportunity. game where only two people were going to be present mm. and we said yeah let's give it a whirl so i fully expected essentially pathfinder in another setting yeah holy shit i was wrong <laughs> You know, this the, this guy can get design games in his fucking sleep. <laughs> and he has created this engaging, immersive experience with, with a zombie apocalypse using essentially fantasy rules that I would have never expected. So he's kept stuff like the feat system. He's kept the three mm-hmm. action economy. He's kept mm-hmm. everything that makes Pathfinder Pathfinder. Right. But magic items have gone. The leveling is now a progressive leveling. Okay. Um, the entire economy is gone. Oh. Um, so you no longer use money to buy things. Instead, you use barter. Okay. So everything you own has a barter value. Right. Oh, so in order, if you have a gun and you have to buy some water because it is micromanaged in this game. Mm. If you do not drink enough, if you do not eat enough, bad shit happens to you. Yeah, so, well, I mean, that, that makes sense for a survival-style game. Yeah. You want to keep track of those things. Exactly. So you have to go and give up some of the gear that you have in order to purchase food and water. Interesting. It is really cool. Um, I don't... Um, He's he's taken the whole concept of the 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 hero point system from second edition mm-hmm. and made it much more relevant. You know, the hero point system for those who don't play second edition is essentially you have these points which you can use for rerolls or to stave off death. Okay. Well, in Hope Finder they do that, but at the same time, if you are bitten by a zombie the length of time it takes for you to transform depends on the amount of hope that you have. Ah. Now, if you've got five hope, then it might be days. 
Yeah. You've got zero hope. It's going to be fucking minutes. Now. <laughs> and it, it is just such a cool system, and I can't wait to play it again. So that, that sounds is, really that interesting, That was yeah. my, my tabletop role-playing experience for the week. Interesting. Yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely going to kind of be leaning, leaning heavily on that. On that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah, definitely. If, if anybody out there hasn't checked it out, I'd give it a go. It is uh, definitely fun, especially if you're into the whole sort of Walking Dead. Now mm. The Last of Us is a big thing. Yeah, that's um, that's doing big things at the minute with the uh, the TV show on there, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I still haven't seen it. Start playing Me neither. Game. I haven't played the game it. either. And, yeah. yeah. I'll get around <laughs> to it, I'm guessing. Yeah, at some point, yeah. yeah. Get a spare minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, just at one point, it's like, yeah, I'm tired of watching Friends reruns. Yes, yeah, uh, I'm I'm watching Lucifer at the moment. Yeah, so that's a good show. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's it's kind of weird though because obviously I went from watching like Supernatural, right, yeah. and a lot of the actors in Supernatural playing like you know char- like main characters and that are also in Lucifer, but as different characters. But obviously yeah. they they have very similar characters because it's the same sort of storylines in that you yeah. know it's like lucifer and kane from kane and abel story and all that sort of thing so like yeah it's just really weird for me to see like different actors playing the role of somebody who's in the show as a different yeah yeah it's kind of weird it's trippy yeah but i mean did you get the (laughs) the joke in supernatural that referred to lucifer wait which one i might have to rewatch it because i think i've watched the wrong way around when they visit visit, um lucifer in the cage yeah Um, oh wait what season what season is that in uh, I can't. I can't remember the number. I'm. I'm only up to season twelve on Supernatural. I haven't I watched been, the last few. I think it'd been before season twelve. I don't know. But at one point, the guy playing Lucifer says, "What am I going to do? Move to LA and start solving crimes?" <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm hearing a lot of our millions and millions of fans that are going, "Oi, dickheads!" Tabletop. <laughs> Tabletop. What the fuck are you doing? Well, so we we did kind of touch base on on our beginnings yes in, in this hobby and yes. you and i started at the same time at the same time yeah we did um and you know i i would hate to be the person who unleashed the likes of you and i onto, <laughs> onto this world, world. <laughs> because that person's got a lot to answer for he does and, um, and he's going to do that tonight <laughs> and he's going to do that tonight because without further ado um, I would like to introduce everyone to the man who kind of started all this for both Justin and I. Mm-hmm. Um, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Scott Langford. Hello, hello, hello. How's it all going? <laughs> um, yeah, going good, going good. You know, we're, we're hoping for one listener at some point. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you guys will get a listener or three. I'm pretty sure. Oh, of it. three. I mean, if yeah, it's three, absolutely. It'll, it'll be it'll be us three listening back later, but it's fine. <laughs> Listen, in a very small stint I did of actually doing uh, live streaming role playing. I got a good couple, like forty or fifty hits. Oh, we'll be fine. You guys will easy sell through this. <laughs> easy, easy. Okay. We we do well. Thank you for the vote of confidence. And the first question question that I think is going to be on everybody's mind is, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually a very easy question to answer. Um, Lots I'll of go- alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, no, 
no, it happened to be at my sister's birthday in 2015, April 2015, where I met you, Justin. Yes. And we started talking about magic and things like that. And yes. you touched on role playing. And you said to me, I'm interested in role playing. And I went, Oh, I have a quest for thee. Bring me some more players and uh, I shall grant one's uh, request and wish. And you so I did. And it all I mean, to be honest, my recollection of, of all of that is somewhat hazy. I, I don't know why. Um, I, I can answer I, that with my previous answer. Alcohol! But, uh, at, that point, at that point, even Justin and I, we I think we'd encountered each other a couple of times. Yes. But we weren't, we weren't like, we had a friend in common. Yeah, we had like mutual friends, so we'd like bump into each other every once yeah. in a while and have like three word conversations. <laughs> yeah. Um, one night, I'm I'm out with an- another friend of ours, and how to say this delicately? Um, <laughs> you delicate, please. I was up. Oh, please, people don't know me yet. <laughs> I wanted that to be a very horrific surprise. Um, <laughs> I was. I was fucking shit-faced. <laughs> I was, honestly, I was, I think, I think that was one of the nights that I was on the old Rosie, mm. um, which is a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Always is. Yeah, Always it is. Is, is a mistake. And uh, along comes Justin with this other gentleman. And the question was, do you want to play Pathfinder? To which my answer was a resounding, ah, of course I fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, fuck it, why not? Yeah, play, yeah, fucking, yeah. yeah. It's like D&D, yeah, D&D, I've, I've heard of that. <laughs> uh, that. That was it, and and that was it. You, I think, the next day got in touch with us and mm-hmm. basically gave us um, access to... <laughs> Materials uh, to where Home. the material to where we yeah. can find the rules on on PFSRD and whatnot and mm-hmm. yeah we just started consuming yes at a quite a fever at an rate. alarming rate yeah <laughs> I mean I re- I remember that that Scott when we first started to our group said okay so you guys are going to pick something out of this part of the core rule book and it was the core classes yes whereas yeah. a bit further back in the rule book you had the what were they called there it was another type it was another oh, prestige class the prestige classes oh yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. Like that. so we're reading through all this and we'd selected our characters and we hadn't even rolled a fucking dice yet and nope. we're going i'm gonna i'm gonna speak to scott to see if he'll let me be a samurai <laughs> <laughs> Which I firmly uh, said, no, let's sit yes, down to basics did. and learn the game yeah. first. Which yes. I honestly, I think was the right move. It <laughs> 100%. Yep. Even though I, mean... I did choose one of the most... Com- <laughs> I think it's, I, I dare say, a, a difficult class for a beginner. This yes. God, God rest his soul, or should I say, I rest his soul. He yeah. is a very good character, very well put together, Nahash. Yes. Um, he died spectacularly. You missed that, Justin. I did. Yeah, um, I had stopped with that. you guys at that point. He died to being swallowed by a T-Rex, cut out of its own stomach, and then died in a plume of cinder cloud poison cloud and uh there was another cloud i used on that and he died to that 
Yeah, so fucked, fucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> proper fucked. <laughs> hey, listen, <laughs> two people pissed me off that game, and I threw in a, a literally, ah, right, so picture small village, little warriors come out, players handling themselves, meanwhile back at the ranch, I've got the wizard in the village going, buff, 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 walk straight <laughs> out. I'm like, you know what, summon monster 10, three T-Rexes, play with that. <laughs> it was it was it was a good it was a good campaign it was i think it was a fun campaign it was and right. like bless your heart you let us get away with some shit <laughs> do you know absolute what? murder but do you know what the whole thing was is we we're all having fun and the more you yeah. guys put into it the more i built onto it mm. yeah and i think that was that was a really good thing it was very reactive and you yes. were you were a very reactive GM when we kind of go, we want to do this. And you, there'd be a moment where you'd pause <laughs> and there'd be a deep sigh. And it'd be like, yeah, all right then. <laughs> and, and we did it. We kind of went yeah. down those rabbit holes. And you you allowed us to explore. And I think that's an important thing for new players. No, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. You I allow agree. them to do that because they come from a world where video games are to a certain degree, restricted in what you can do. Yeah, very so railroad video games. the moment they've yeah. got that freedom, oh yeah, do whatever the fuck you want. You know, go for yeah. it, go mad. Yeah. I mean, considering that when you guys first started, you were not expecting sort of aerial combat, sea combat, or actual full-on army combat either. Which we know in Pathfinder 1st Edition is very easy to run. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, it's it's simple. It's, you know, yes, it's, it's yeah, yes, it's you know, it's straightforward. Yeah. So well, I think I think honestly, um, like just just to to touch on that a little bit is I think that that initial introduction that we got really gave us because we had so much freedom and you gave us that freedom. I honestly think that's why we're still doing this today. Mm. Like just being completely mm. honest, because one hundred percent. It let us. You kind of let us fall in love with it instead of telling us why we should love it. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's what that's what did it for me. Holy shit! That should be on a t-shirt. <laughs> like that. That is that is a quote. That is a good quote. E- that e- is, episode that one, and we've got quote. merch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check out our merch store. <laughs> it doesn't exist yet, but give me a minute. <laughs> hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here's an extra piece. Uh, don't force us to fall in love with it. Let us to fall in love with it. Belhaim, the place where we started. True. Well, let me just get a white t-shirt and a sharpie. Right <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Homemade merch. There we go. There you go. Um, what, what's it going for now? What's it going rate? Nineteen ninety-nine. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Unique. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you were you were our shepherd, mm. as it were, into this into this world where you know i'm i'm 40 years old now and over the course of my life i've kind of fluttered in and out of hobbies you know whether that was warhammer whether that was fucking skateboarding whether Mm -hmm. you know i've just and nothing stuck yeah there always came a point where it's like i'm i'm bored of this now let's try something else and i'll move on to the next thing maybe a bit of music production, maybe a bit of this. And I'd, it, I'd always dabble. Mm. And because of you, because of the campaign that you ran, this is the thing that I've kind of latched onto with dear life, mm-hmm. dear life, and gone, I'm not letting this go. This is 
this is this is a character defining hobby for mm. me yeah well let you guys in on a very small little secret i mean i just moved back from south africa after spending 26 years living over there mm -hmm. i literally the only person i knew in where we live was my sister and from meeting justin funny enough you bring in these players <laughs> yourself couch chris and jordan straight to me to actually start playing the game i ended up joining the town's social um role-playing society mm -hmm. um then i ended up i don't know if you know i actually became part of the uh the board of the party to actually try and keep the club going for a mm -hmm. while and then literally it broke off and i've had where john's now taken over i mean i've not played since john's taken over but in his uh, the the pathfinder lodge i've run a couple of games there i've helped out there and i've had a number of different people in my games and it's it's a good little community i mm. mean everybody's mm. friendly everybody likes to do things everybody wants to have fun yeah and it, it's for you guys you actually helped me out a hell of a lot so i think it ended up becoming a a nice two-way little street oh yeah i mean bless you for saying that and, it is, <laughs> and, I, and I do agree i think it was you know it it certainly changed my life mm. um you know because without this hobby um it it kind of gave me a lot of purpose and i think we have just yeah i think we just lost, lost. oh he's back no nope, he's, he's back, back. <laughs> he's back there we go but yeah with without this hobby um you know i'd have been a very different person mm. um yeah and it is it has helped me in a lot of ways to to kind of come out of my shell a tiny bit because I've I've always kind of struggled with social interaction, mm. but this hobby kind of puts you, or should I say, gently eases you into social interaction. <laughs> and you know, I've gone from rolling up a bard for Scott's first game to <laughs> being a venture agent for Paizo yeah. for for the city of South End and running a lodge. Yeah. So, you know, that's all thanks to that. None of that would have happened if it wasn't for you, Scott. No, thank you. It, it's <laughs> I, honestly, I don't really quite know what to say to that. Your <laughs> welcome seems a little bit too. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't seem <laughs> right. But you know what? I'm glad I actually had a, a good impact on you. Oh, huge, huge mm. impact. Massive. Yeah, I mean, for, for I, me, I, I was I was very similar. I mean, I so I've I've suffered with insomnia since I was like thirteen, right? So I would often like I've gone through so many hobbies at this point that like when people say to me like, "Oh, what are your hobbies?" I'm like, <laughs> "How long have you got?" Because um, I, I was the same. I would flit through things and I'd get bored after like I'd do it for like a month. I'd get really good at it or like to a decent level at something, and then I'd be like, oh, "I'm bored now." Um, and this like. From from that that first game that we played, um, I mean, I now half of my flat right now is dedicated to building terrain pieces. Like I I've got like foam wire cutters, I've got three uh, D printers, I've got loads of stuff now that's all dedicated to this hobby. Um, and yeah, aside from like gaming, like video gaming, it's the only thing that's really stuck around in my life for more than a month. 
I mean, I must admit, with what I was doing with Roll20 was phenomenal. I paid for the subscription. I didn't go for the top tier, but I did that $5 tier where it gave you the dynamic lighting. Mm. And sitting there, I would literally... Um, how many hours have I lost <laughs> to Roll20? I will tell you now. And I've not been on there for a while, okay? <laughs> but since I started, um, I started off tom parker got me onto roll 20 okay that's when he started running his game i've got 4632 hours dedicated into roll 20. just a few that's i mean the only thing that beats that is your porn addiction <laughs> <laughs> don't tell everybody all right sorry um, <laughs> we, we can edit well i'll edit that out in well, <laughs> He won't. I mean, that, that's taken. That's going to be the opening I clip. That. I that. <laughs> <laughs> what to expect? Scott's porn collection. <laughs> but um, literally, if we, need, if we needed an episode title, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, but I mean, the amount of hours I sat there, found match, trying to get the mm -hmm. match to the grid, and then you got to sit down there and trace around the outside for your dynamic lighting, setting up torches here and where the sunlight comes in there. I spent a lot of hours when players walk in, you walk through a dungeon, and as your character goes through the doors, it cuts out the light behind you and opens up the light in front of you. Mm. It's a lot of hours. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that, that really just goes to show, like, how how many tools are out there and how great some of them are oh, yeah. for, for this, like, whole hobby as well. I mean, like, like you were saying there, like, with Roll20, with, like, the dynamic light and they've got and all that sort of thing... Um, and also just like the like some of the character builders that you've got for for different systems. I mean, obviously, because I mainly play Five E, the one I use the most is D and D Beyond, right? Um, you've and also got that's where Aurora. I spend like ninety percent of my time is D and D Beyond. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also there's a program Five uh, E builder for you called Aurora, mm -hmm. which has most of the books out there for D and D. Okay, and you can literally sit there and build an entire character from different traits, different races, or sub-races. Mm. Um, it does a lot for you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that that's that's one of the things I really like with, like, um, again, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use D&D Beyond because it's the one that I've, I've um, got the most experience using. But, like, if you've got access to the books in there, which I do through myself and a few other people, um, like, some of the stuff that you can build is, is just really fun, and it just makes it a lot easier because... They also have like a huge collection of like homebrew stuff um, that you can very easily add to your characters as well and add to your campaigns through that as well because they also have like a campaign builder and campaign manager system um, which I'm I'm using at the moment to build up uh, the, the campaign that I'm writing. Um, it's it is I mean we we have we certainly have seen a um, a surge mm. in in popularity and and we all know what the the, <laughs> the the driving forces behind that have been um but it's also that just the communities themselves yeah have been have been growing um mm. um because you mentioned campaign managers um, um the first dedicated campaign manager i had was realmworks yeah. um and that was done by lone wolf is it lone wolf I think it's the same guys who do Hero Lab. Yeah, Lone Wolf. Um, and it was it was okay. It wasn't ideal. There were still 
some gripes I had with it, some issues that were missing. Uh, but it had a community. Yeah. It had a community around it. And Realmworks, they decided to pull the plug. Everyone kind of went their separate ways. But all, but this community stayed alive. Mm. And all of a sudden, one day, one of the people that was most vocal in this community went, hey, guys, try this. And he brought out, it's a note-taking app right. called Obsidian. Ah, yes. And the thing about Obsidian is that it's modular in nature. So people like can make like a community can make plugins right. which extend the functionality of it. And one of the largest communities for this application just happens to be a tabletop role playing community. Right. So I And it is phenomenal. Right. So I've got a question. Okay, for those out there, including myself, because I've never used one of these module thingies. What does it entail? What does it allow you to do? Because when I set the adventure up for you guys, I didn't have access to any of this. I didn't even really know how to operate Roll20. So mm. everything I did for you guys were either drew everything out myself mm -hmm. or yeah. I like I had those tiles, which I do you remember that first um, little crypt you guys went into. <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually fed those printouts and cut them out and then put yeah, everything. No, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, what like what the like Obsidian? Like, I don't know about D and D Beyond, but Obsidian, it, it again, you kind of make these notes, and each note is whatever you want it to be. Whether you want it to be an NPC note, whether you want it to be a location, yeah, whether you want it to be an adventure, and you can very easily and very sort of automatically link things between them, right. So it will like if I do if I write out an adventure now I do my adventure template and and I add things if I mention something that I've already got a note for I've got a little sidebar that comes up and says oh do you want to link this these two notes oh, nice I go click and that's it the the note is linked um um I could spend hours talking about it and <laughs> unfortunately that's not the amount of time we have but. <laughs> The, I can I can forward you any information over about this application. It's free free to use, and it is it resides on your computer, but mm -hmm. you can access it on like a cloud drive. Right. So you can access it from your phone, from from wherever, and it is it is phenomenal. It is a really good piece of of software, which you have to kind of put the work in to get it set up the way you like it. Right. But you only have to use what you really need, yeah. which is pretty cool. There are some people out there that are doing ridiculous things with it. <laughs> I'll have to look into that when I sit down to do my writing of my history of the um, cyberpunk game I want to write. Mm. So... Yeah, I mean, yeah, like John, John took me through it actually um, a little while ago because um, it was because so basically I, I've never really run my own like homebrew setting before um so i'm writing my first like proper one at the moment um and obviously john is uh someone that i've i've spoken to a lot about running and stuff like that so i asked him to give it a little once over for me mm. um and then he he went through that program actually during that conversation and it it does look like a really really good powerful tool cool. um if you if you use it right as well it just takes care of so many of your note-taking like responsibilities as well because you know like like john was saying you're, you're never going to have that situation where 
you like randomly mention an NPC and then six months later one of your players goes, Oh, do you remember Dave from that town like six months ago? And you're like, uh yes. You don't have that anymore. Because you're like, yeah, yeah, here he is. Uh this guy. Yep. What about him? Uh <laughs> so it just it, yeah. it just helps keep everything like uh together as well, which is quite nice. God, God bless the NPC debacle. <laughs> I remember I, I was in, in the homebrew I'm running. They were in this city and I wanted to introduce them to a captain of the guard who would at first be a, an imposing, threatening figure. Um, but then, like, if the story proceeded the way I intended it to proceed, he would become a valuable ally. So I introduced him <laughs> to this guard captain and Every single one of my players were like, yeah, fuck this guy. And <laughs> it was, it, like, they were actively taking the piss out of him. I mean, he was arresting them and telling them to, to you know, surrender all their weapons. So they were, like, meticulously role-playing every single item they were putting down. <laughs> and it's like, you absolute arseholes. And um, so then I went, okay, fair enough. Had him killed off. And brought in his boss, <laughs> who actually had the desired effect. But yeah, just the the NPC. That it's weird how they latch on to people. Yeah. Yep. I mean, when I created the game for you folks when I first ran it, the first guy you ran into, which you thought was a boss, was literally just you guys didn't know he was just like the first mini boss you guys ever faced and. I'd planned to bring him back, so I had a contingency to say survive. But I see where you're coming from. Just create that one character that just irks everybody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I create a lot of characters that irk everybody, but that's normally <laughs> on purpose. I mean, that that's also kind of my specialty. To this day, I still get wound up about being in a tree. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh Jesus! I yeah, Jesus. yeah. yeah. Do, do you know who hasn't? John. Chris, Chris, no, Chris. Oh Jesus! I, I get weekly reminders about my character being in a tree for that one encounter. Weren't you doing that dwarf rogue? No, no. So the dwarf was my first character. No, yeah, my dwarf was a barbarian. Um, oh, but right. then um, we had somebody else join who was going to play a barbarian. So then I rolled my rogue quill. Right. Um, and then Quill, yeah, Quill was up in a tree during uh, like their watch one night, and then you had something attack us that night. So instead of climbing down, like taking rounds to climb down from the tree, I just stayed in the tree. And yeah, and unfortunately, it, my dice did what my dice do, as you you two well know, and our audience will very very quickly realize. Dice hate me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not got any better, Scott, since those days. If anything, it's got worse. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it, you know, it's uh, the dice. The dice did me dirty. And Just roll, get ready for that one. Well, <laughs> I, I, I made the mistake of uh, for his birthday. I bought my current DM, Chris. I bought him crit fail cards. Ah. Um, uh... Now the issue is. I'm the only one that rolls nat ones at our table. <laughs> so he got everyone to vote on whether we use them. I was like, why? I'm the only one it's going to affect. <laughs> so when Justin and I talked about doing this podcast, one thing we kind of realized is that 
we were going to struggle to find any stuff to talk about for for an extended period of time. So I went out to the multitude of communities that haven't kicked me out yet. Um, give them time. Give them time. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm being a bit of a... I'm being quiet, so to speak. Um, so, and, I, and I reached out and I basically explained what we were doing. We were doing a podcast in which we had no idea what was going to happen. And, but we needed content. So I asked if people wouldn't mind uh, submitting some questions. And I'm happy to say that I got at least three times more questions than I expected we would get. Three times zero is still zero. Uh, well, I expected one and we got three, so boom. <laughs> okay, that I expected zero. <laughs> yes, okay, fair enough. All right, so the first question, it comes all the way from Florida from Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. It's a long way yeah. to send a question. It does, yeah. Um, and, it, and it is essentially, what do you feel are good systems to use with children? Um, 4 to 6, 7 to 10, 11 to 14, 15 to 17. Or what ages would you group for what systems and why? So I think we're going to turn that one over to someone who's heavily researched this, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I wish I had. If I'd have known I'd have gotten this question, I would have done some research. Um, basically, when you're looking at certain games, you could look at certain rules. Um, I reckon games like Vampire the Masquerade for the mid-range, about like, uh, I would say 10 to 16, because it's fairly simple, um, i.e. if you want to do something, um, let's say you want to, uh, let's say now you want to drive a car, so you're going to look at uh, how many points you've got in dexterity and how many points you've got in, um, let's say, drive, uh, take that many dice, so if you've got six points total, it's you grab six Ten-sided dice, d10s, and roll those, and that's where you work out your um, your successes and your failures. I still reckon that games like uh, Monsters of the Week, because it's more mm -hmm. story orientated and has no real game mechanics per se, um, you roll a dice, and that dice roll results in what actually happens. For example. Um, ghoul jumps out, you decide to go up to the ghoul uh, if you're running something very much along the lines of um, a vampire or a supernatural is a good one to use mm -hmm. um, if you roll a dice and you roll a three, both yourself and the creature will get wounded, or if you roll a one you'll get the wounds, or if you roll a six the creature gets the wounds, and mm -hmm. it's pretty much a simple way of action, straightforward. pretty much yes, yeah. I've only played it the once, I enjoyed the guy who ran the game um, the way he ran it, it was just a very simple. We simplistic... played that at the same time, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yeah, I think John was there as well because Couch was running it at the time. I wasn't. I, no, John. John, John did play game. with Couch, but he played with Chris. Yeah. Right. Okay. I, I found that game system very, very simplistic. Um, it, it's it's most games I've played, you've had to sit down and do some reading before you even considered running the actual playing in the game. Um, mind you, half the time I got told, Scott, you're role-playing. Uh, okay, uh, pick a class. This is what you do to roll it up. Let's go. Got no clue on what to do. Just hope to God I can swim. But uh, <laughs> when it comes down to the more heavier rule-based games, I reckon those would definitely be your kids from about 12 and up. 
Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And yeah, the Monsters of the Week and like the entire Powered by the Apocalypse sort of range, they do lean heavily on, on mechanics. And they're very, very straightforward to pick up and very interesting. I do mm. like the, the whole narrative aspect. But Justin, yeah. how about how about so, you? So I actually uh, have, have been looking into this because I do have a small human. Um, so I, I was actually looking for for stuff to get her involved, which is a little bit older because she's still a bit young at the moment. But I have found some that I want to give a try. Uh, one that I, I've been looking at in particular is uh, one called Toon. Um, it's not strictly for kids, but the nature of it is very kid orientated. So it's um, you, you play as old school cartoon characters, right? With all of the cartoony tropes. So any violence doesn't matter because cartoon it's not happened next episode um and it, it very much goes down that that sort of line um and the rules are quite simple but you can also simplify them further if the kids are younger so it's one of those that you can really start them when they're very young and bring it up with them as they get older into more advanced games later on so that would be one that uh would work for pretty much all, all the way through um and then there's another one for sort of the older teens just before they start getting to the point where they'll be able to really do D and and Pathfinder and that a lot easier. Um, is one called Bubblegum Shoe. What? <laughs> so it's a team version of Gumshoe, which is a detective noir nice. type game. I um, love the name. Yeah, so basically you play as teen detectives. So it brings like you know, all of those like Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew, all that sort of thing. Uh, right. I mean that, that's what we grew up with. I don't know what the the, the kid books are these days for that sort of thing, but mm. it, it brings all of those those uh, kind of books. If if the kids are into that kind of story and things like that it could be a really good system for them to, to move in uh from there well um i also have a little one and over the course of this weekend i thought we'd we'd try some some role playing and knowing that the cypher system does have a um a game orientated towards kids called no thank you evil <laughs> um i hadn't purchased it when we played on Saturday, so I kind of made up a quick and dirty version of it, just using the basic cipher rules. By the way, my kid is a demon rolling dice. <laughs> so, so the opposite of me. The opposite of you. <laughs> and me. I let him use my Comic-Con dice, the ones that come mm. up MCM when you land a natural 20. Right. Seven times. Huh? Seven times I, I rolled I, up over the course of an hour and a bit. I don't think I've rolled seven at 20s in my entire tabletop career. It's insane. So, with that being successful, I went straight to Monty Cook Games and I actually bought uh, No Thank You Evil. I, I bought hmm. the, the official version of it. It is a simplified version of the cipher system so instead of using a d20 using a d6 right things called effort are now called try harder <laughs> little things like that to to kind of cater to to younger sort of parlance and and it does it does kind of scale with their ages as well so when they're building a character, if they're of a certain age or certain ability, um, there is a very there is a very stark simplicity to it. Mm. 
as they get older, you can add more layers of difficulty. Right. Make it a bit more complex and make them mm. make them have to think about it a bit right. more, which I thought was fantastic. So it's basically got your proper easy, medium, and hard levels. Yeah, in a sense. Fair enough. And obviously, the the more complex the character is, the more powerful the character is. But it is it, it was a really fun system, and it came with a bunch of adventures. I ran my little one through the first adventure, and he absolutely loved it. You know, um, even the initiative, because the cipher thing is is like a one-turn initiative where you don't get multiple actions. So it is quick and dynamic, and he, he absolutely adored that. Hmm. So that is tried and tested for for the, the 7 to 10 range. Um, yeah, so some systems we can definitely recommend are Bubblegum Shoe, which I love the name, by mm-hmm. the way. Very interesting. Um, it was Poker Roll. Uh, poker roll is one that we we I mentioned before we started recording, but I I didn't bring it up. Uh, now. Yeah, I was about to though. So poker roll is a Pokemon based role playing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously, pretty much every kid these days is, is Pokemon still huge, right? Um, it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Ash finally is a champion. <laughs> and he took a, he's he's the ten year old with twenty years experience that every employer is looking for. Um, but they've got a, a role-playing game based around Pokemon. So obviously the kids are going to be already, they're going to know a lot of the, the systems involved, the Pokemon involved. So it's going to be a lot easier for them to pick up. And the best thing about it, it's free. You can't argue with that. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I did look it up mm. as, as a potential to do this weekend, mm. but... You know, there's four hundred and something pages. And come on, <laughs> that's a lot of pages. Let's let's be realistic. Um, I wasn't going to learn that in an afternoon. No, not at all. <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely interested in, in running it. And yeah, Pokemon 100% isn't going anywhere. It is still the largest IP ever created. Yes. So yeah, yeah, get your kids playing Pokemon. <laughs> well, like, again. You've got the the game version. You might as well try and do the role play version, which is going exactly. to be mm, and, along the and same I'm lines. Sure, and I'm sure they need a shout out from us. Oh, absolutely, just they to, do. Just to help boost sales. <laughs> yeah, but Pokemon definitely not big enough. Uh, they, they need no, us. And also, yeah. there is a game which I personally will never play, and a there friend of mine always tries to use it up as a joke. Is you do have a game called My Little Pony. I actually do not know what system that runs. Um, I, I have it on my list, I can tell you. It, <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I, it's, to be it's honest called, with you, it's I'm called curious. Tales of Equestria. Right. Um, it is a. It is literally My Little Pony, but a uh, tabletop role playing game. So, right, so here's. It's here's re- re- sorry, re- relatively non violent. Um, so if you're worried about you know your kids getting violent from games you know like the whole video games make people violent <laughs> argument uh there's, there's very little violence it's very low stakes so it's not like someone's trying to destroy the universe it's none of that stuff um and it's just it's just really wholesome and uh if your kids are already into my little pony or you know shows of that nature like there's uh, one my daughter's watching called rainbow rangers um right. which is just, it, it 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 hurts it hurts me guys but she loves it, so this one is another one that I've actually looked at for for getting right. her involved because she loves that sort of thing already. Right. So yeah, yeah. Tales no, of Equestria. I must. I mm-hmm. I have actually watched the odd episode of My Little Pony with my daughter, and I've got to say, 
not too bad. Fair enough. <laughs> as far as kids' programs go, <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've watched a lot worse. But here's my idea. We're going to set up a Patreon. Yes. And one of the goals is we're going to get Scott to play Tales of <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. It's going to happen. We're going to make it happen. Good happen. luck with that one. No, <laughs> Damien's been trying years. He's actually got out and bought the book. Okay, so let's move on to the next question. Yep. Sorry. Okay. All uh, right. Let's have a look. Right, so what makes a good roleplay group? That is one that was sent in without a name. Ah. So what name should we give this person? Pick and pay no name brand. all right yeah well there we go so yeah okay justin yes what makes a good role play group um so for me it's it's as long as you guys can have uh have a good time like away from the table as well um that's going to translate into your game so a lot of the games that i've played in that i've enjoyed have been with people that i'm really good friends with outside of the game right um you know like playing with like you guys and chris and couch and all that lot i'm really good friends with you all outside of the game so that kind of it translates into a much easier time because you're not having to deal with i mean for, for lack of a better word any aggravation at the table because if there's somebody sitting across the table from you that you just can't stand it's going to make it really hard to you know bounce off each other and role play because you're going to be grating on each other because let's mm. be honest We've all met those people that no matter what they do, they just there's something about them that you just cannot stand. Um, so for me, yeah. that that's that's the key. People that you can get along with uh, above table, you'll have a great time at the table as well. Fair enough. How about you, Scott? I do agree with Justin there, but I've also where been part of like the role playing society or South End Role Playing Society and the Lodge. There are times I've gathered with people I've never actually uh, role-played with before. And quite often, a number of them haven't role-played with each other. But where I've run the game, we've all had a good time. So I do reckon that a good sense of humor is definitely key. Um, and basically, just I, it's very difficult to explain, to be honest with you. I don't know. But basically, a lot of the groups I've actually had randomly thrown together, we've had some good times. But a case of, I do believe that a good group should be people who are interested in an actual game. Um, yes, it is a social gathering, but definitely people who want to play the game. Cool. I mean, for me, I've, I've always kind of liked the, the concept of everybody at the table should have a common element mm. which doesn't necessarily have to be in relation to the game it can be uh, a sense a similar sense of humor yes. it can be a similar desire to role play or there has to be some sort of common element which which kind of unifies people and allows them to like justin said to be able to to get on outside of the game because if the game becomes that common element then it can be quite disruptive because sometimes emotions are high mm -hmm. and sometimes you know people in in games they either make mistakes or there are disagreements regarding the game so i think without a, a, a secondary common element i think it's quite easy to have fallouts yeah yeah 
I right, do that's... agree. Okay, so I think we've got one more question. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be from the Museum GM, which oh. can we just can we just stop for a moment? <laughs> that name. Yeah, just elaborate on that. I mean, the Museum GM. I mean, I'm getting a lot of sort of visuals here. <laughs> if, you if, know. if he doesn't DM whilst wearing like an Indiana Jones outfit, I'm going to be very upset. That would be amazing. You know what? Yes. Also for the fact that if you walk into his actual room to rock that he's running in, you've got to see some sort of like museum-esque type of statues <laughs> or like weapons on the walls. You know, something that could bring the name museum, like or, or, or some no, sort no, of no, history. He just, plays, he just plays in an actual museum. <laughs> that would be yeah. fucking legendary. That would be I'm... absolutely legendary. I'm thinking of a Wizards of the Coast and Night at the Museum crossover. Oh, yes, please. Absolutely. Hollywood. Yes, please. Hollywood, get at me. Just saying. I want, I want money. I want money for this fantastic oh, idea. You know, yes. you see Ben Stiller playing with... <laughs> the guard. Playing with, like, a resurrected Cleopatra. Who's you playing know. Cleopatra? you got to have oh. Diesel in there as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Well yeah. I mean Vin, Vin Diesel's DMing, clearly. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. He's wearing his tank top. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking about question. his family. <laughs> so the museum GM, by all means, get back get get in touch with us and give us a bit more context. Yeah. Because our imaginations are going wild. We, we all have questions. <laughs> um and he has a question. And the question is how do you handle a situation where your players just want to keep clowning on each other instead of engaging with the game world? I know Scott's going to be the right person to ask about this because he's GM'd for us. Yeah, yeah. So I'm guessing I'm going first then on this one. Oh, of course. <laughs> right, so honestly, with with that, you, you've got to let them have some sort of head esteem. Okay. Obviously, they've got pent up frustration, or they've gotten onto some sort of idea that they've all <laughs> found amusing. We've all been in that situation where, in a game, something's tickled somebody's little like tickle spot, <laughs> and it's just taken everything straight off. And I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I think Justin and I'm I are feeling on the same very way, called like, out here. <laughs> yes. Pent up frustration and tickling. <laughs> yeah. So basically, it's a case of let them run for a bit. You've got to let them have some sort of. Um, how could I say this without sounding crude? Because I know you two fuckers. Uh, basically, <laughs> uh, um, let them have a little bit of like time to play then after a while you've either yeah, got to try do. and <laughs> you've either got to try and bring them back into the game or do a surprise i mean if you're doing it in the middle of a town you can easily like roll up a random encounter where something happens and it gets their attention um and it'll try and bring them back into the game or if they're literally outside a town throw a random encounter on them bang and if nobody's paying attention surprise round bitch they bang. All dead. pretty much and um or if you really have to yes i know it's a game but if you have to be the adult and say come now guys that's enough let's get back to the game that's another way of doing it mm. that's fair justin how about you what do you think um 
Yeah, so I mean, I've been quite fortunate in that uh, I'm mostly at the table doing the clowning, not having people clown at my table. <laughs> Me too. It's funny that. Um, but what I have found effective when I have been clowning at tables is, uh, I mean, obviously the stuff Scott said, because he did that to us. So we know that works. Um, the other one that I've had uh, experience with is we we were running, uh, I say we were running, I was playing in a campaign that a friend uh, was running where we had uh, two new players to tabletop gaming. So they they were doing a lot of the clowning that you do when you first start, which mm -hmm. is the, I hit it with my axe, no, 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 I'm only joking, like that kind of thing. Um, and it got to a point where, obviously, for the most part, most players will get to a point where that kind of gets boring and they stop doing it or they just realize that that's not the way to be doing things. Right. Um, these guys weren't, so they kept doing it and kept doing it. So what the GM did the one time is... Um, they just rescued a bunch of, uh, like, captives and slaves from these bandits. And they, they were all, like, kind of lined up against the wall. And one of them was like, oh, I'm going to jokingly swing my hammer at one of them because he had a big war hammer. Um, so the DM says, okay, roll. And he ended up just <laughs> splatting a, a, one of the survivors' heads against a cliff, um, which meant, of course, everybody scattered. And very quickly after that, they reined in because they realized they can't do that anymore. <laughs> that's um, a good way of doing it and i yeah. hope they actually put an arrest warrant and a warrant to arrest out for oh, they did. Yeah, yeah, no, they, they did yeah they absolutely cool. did and, and it then turned into a, a narrative element because then they had to run away and it, it became a whole thing um so that was a really good way to kind of cut out the above table behavior that you didn't want whilst yeah. having like sort of uh ramifications in game which i thought was really good I also do, as a GM, find dropping a, a harder encounter on their heads <laughs> gets their attention yeah, quite quickly. Yeah, just to make them kind of go, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> yep. I mean, my sort of technique um, is that I, I'm i probably the worst one at my table anyway. <laughs> so, you know, if, if they start clowning, 100% I'm going to join in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to join in. I'm going to make it funny. As funny as I can, anyway. Yeah. But what I will do is that it kind of all boils down to how I write my campaigns. Where right. I don't write specifics, I have goalposts. Okay. So I know where the players are meant to be heading. I know where they have to get to. How they get there and what directions they take and however many times they get sidetracked, that's going to be all on them. <laughs> but I need them to get to that point. Now, if they're going to waste a lot of time, they need to remember that the world keeps turning. Yes. So if there are any sort of evil plots and plans in the works behind the scenes and they're out doing whatever they're going to be doing, then, you know, the bad guy's plan is going to be further ahead than it would have been had they have reacted initially. So... You know, I let them do whatever they want, but I also add in the, the concept of consequence. Mm -hmm. Normally, via an NPC who kind of goes, oh, if only you'd have turned up here three days earlier. <laughs> Just to kind of rub it in. Yeah. Like, oh, if only you'd been here 15 seconds ago. That would have been amazing, guys. That would have been awesome. My <laughs> dog wouldn't have died. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that is all the questions. I want to thank everyone for, for writing in. And I think that's pretty much all the time we've got. So, Scott, is there anything you'd like to add? Um, is there any 
way that people out there can actually find you um generally i do do streaming at the moment um under the handle of scotty2x1 um i do prefer running a lot of the older games um at the moment we found out because we literally ran from neverwinter's night from the beginning up to the third story which happens to only switch over to uh single player mode and we were going to start running uh, Builder's Gate, and we were also running. Um, what was the other one we were running? Um, I would uh, hold on. I would tell you now. Anyway, we. I was running both of those Builder's Gates and Icewind Dale. That was it. Um, we should be hopefully back on that. Uh, you could always ask me questions there. Um, also have my on, on Twitch I do have a link to my YouTube page as well so if you guys want to jump on there as well uh, but if you get me on Twitch you can always drop me a private message and I will always reply always thank you very much and thank you ever so much for coming on that's um, my pleasure we definitely thought it was special <laughs> to have the person who brought us into this hobby to begin with on as our first guest mm -hmm. I want to thank my co-host Justin where can people find you, if at all? Uh, so I do it every once in a while as well. I also stream over on Twitch, um, twitch.tv slash Arctic. Lovely and creative name there. Um, and obviously here, every single time we put up uh, a new podcast. Yeah, and I'm John Santana, but you can find me on most of the socials as at natural one. Um, I don't stream anything other than this. So, <laughs> yeah. You won't find me anywhere. <laughs> By design. But, <laughs> but thanks a million to everybody who wrote in. Um, thank you, Scott, for joining us. And thank you, everyone, for taking time out of your busy day to listen to these three jackasses. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much, <laughs> everybody. And thank you both for actually having me on. I appreciate it. No worries. Good night, all. Good night.